Welcome to the Courageous Overcomers podcast. I'm your host, Courage Molina. My guest today is Tajir Wharton. He works with organizations to empower students, athletes, coaches, and teachers to make better choices, exhibit stronger leadership, prioritize hard work, foster improved mental health, conquer depression, and most of all, value yesterday. At just 13 years old, he traveled to South Africa as an ambassador for the nonprofit organization Samaritan Feet. He was there speaking to hundreds. He has also been fortunate to play and coach the game of football at a very high level. With these aspects of life combined, he's gained a profound understanding of life's value and the immense potential of the human mind. Through his message of hope, faith, and unwavering determination, he's embarked on a global journey that has established him as a powerful motivational speaker. Educational leaders and executives eagerly welcome him as his powerful and motivating message deeply connects with their students and teams. Y'all help me welcome the Coach Wharton. Let's get into it. Welcome, Tajir. Thank you so much for saying yes. I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Listen, and y'all, full disclosure, because if you don't know yet, you will know. This is actually his second time saying yes. So I just want y'all to understand the grace of a person to come on, to say yes to the podcast for us to record it. It was amazing. And immediately the next day, I accidentally deleted it at like four o'clock in the morning. I don't know. That's what happens when you get up at four o'clock. And so to have to go back and apologize and ask you to do it again and for you to say yes. Y'all better be paying attention because God has something good for you in this. Now, listen, they heard this. They heard your bio. And so it's like the bio I love is always this great resume. And people are hearing like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, he's done that. And he's done this thing. I want to hear from him. But who are you? Right. Like if you could describe who you are, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, man. So, uh. You know, as you guys already know, um, you know, Tajir Wharton, you know, that's a simple way to put it. Um, uh, but, you know, a little bit in a broader spectrum, um, I'm somebody who's been through quite a bit, you know, and I don't necessarily look like what I've been through. You know, I'm, I'm a strong young man. Um, you know, I'm a father, my husband, my coach, you know, business owner. I mean, uh, life is life, but uh, truly blessed. I'm truly blessed to be uh, where I am today. And of course, I'll share some more about that. But uh, who I am is somebody who has overcome obstacles and done the best I possibly can to be successful. What did it take for you to get here? Like, if you could, just like thinking back on your journey and some of the things, some of the obstacles you've had to overcome to get to where you are today. You weren't born a husband. You weren't born a father, right? You weren't born a business owner. These are things that you had to become what would you say is the greatest obstacle that you had to overcome to become the person that you are today? I would say the greatest obstacle, to be honest, is, uh, you know, I had to, I had to, you know, really challenge myself, man, because of, you know, fear. My, my, my challenge of fear, just the fear of being great. You know, uh, life goes so many things at you at any point in time. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, this young kid trying to figure it out. And I'm afraid to take the next step to go here or take the next step to do this. Um, uh, 
But, you know, life wasn't always easy growing up, man. You know, my parents got divorced um, at a young age, when I was at a young age. Um, um, and I'm the oldest of seven. So, seven. yes. First of all, just, we're not, we not speaking about that. <laughs> that's a lot. Let's just, and I'm not judging because I'm one of nine. I'm one of nine or like 10. I lose count. I always have to count. So it's no judgment. And we just need to slow down and say the oldest of seven. That yeah. is quite the responsibility. So yeah, 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 it was definitely definitely a big responsibility. Um, uh, you know, because everybody's looking at you to, yeah. hey, what's next? You know, you know, mom and dad is not this, and then, you know, in the next relationship is this way. Hey, you know, I'm looking for you. You're the big brother, man. You know, you're setting the tone. You're setting the example. But at certain points in time, I didn't know how to lead. You know, what I'm saying I didn't know. I'm like, man, can I really be? that kind of big brother can i be the big brother you know what i'm saying or you know can i uphold where my dad wasn't you know or you know and not try to take over that place as i'm the man of the house like you know but that's you know that's kind of what role you end up stepping into and you don't realize um how much is put on you as a kid in those places in those in that state um uh but yeah that's definitely something i've had to uh to personally overcome just that, just in particular, that moment of my parents getting divorced and being able to be in a place where I can make the decision that I can overcome anything that's around me, no matter how I feel, right. um, no matter how I feel. It's but yeah, like, you know, it yeah. Seems like, even though you said like your greatest fear, or the greatest thing that you had to overcome is the fear of being great. It sounds like you know, just like based on your family dynamics, your parents um, divorcing when you were young and you being the oldest of seven, it sounds like there would have been some added pressure for you to be great. You know, yeah. and how does that play a part or what part did that play in you having like this fear of stepping into that? Yeah. So I think I think the biggest thing with that, I, I, I always played sports. I was um, three years old when I started playing football and I'm um, uh, my dad my dad was my only connection to that you know like like that that was our thing like oh we going out here we going to go play this we going to go do that and my dad always wanted me to be the best i possibly can be so if i was no matter what position i was playing on the football field it was his he looked at it as his responsibility to make sure i knew every single position on that football field you know and um uh, you know, some things may have been uncomfortable. Like I'm, you know, I'm the build of a. I played linebacker, and that's the person that tackles people. Yeah, tell me. So. First of all, I don't know about these listeners. A lot of people. I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and when I moved here, there's so many women that know football. I'm like, what? That's so yeah, I don't know. You said linebacker. I was just gonna smile and nod. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I played linebacker, and that's the person that you know they they get to hit the running back, the person that carries the ball. And, you know, just stop the play, try to stop the play from happening, you know, but um, went to college, you know, for that um, and was blessed enough to make it that far. Um, uh, but when I got to college, you know, we're talking about just scaling back a little bit. You know, when I got to college, they were like, bro, you can't play linebacker here. We need you to play safety. And I was like, huh? You know, I was saying like, wait a minute, you know, so just stepping into different roles, you know, stepping into different roles um, at that point in time. But that moment, you know, going back to where I was when my parents got divorced when I was in middle school and then going through high school, uh, there was a point in time in high school where I was like, you know, I see all of these athletes coming through here, you know, and doing really well. And I'm sitting there, I'm that kid that's, 
you know, come to workouts every single day. I work really hard. I'm giving everything that I possibly can. I'm trying to make it easy for my mom, you know, at that point in time. And uh, I sat there and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to keep sitting back in the back. Like, why can't I get my piece too? You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't I go get it? You know, so uh, I, I never forget the day that I sat there and I said, you know what? I'm going I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the best I possibly can be. No matter how I feel, I'm gonna be the best I possibly can be. And I made that decision. Um, and I never forget. I started getting up real early in the mornings, around four o'clock every single morning. And I said, you know what? If I if nothing else is gonna change it, I'm gonna change it. Oh, and I'm getting up every single morning, running full speed. Uh, we had this probably about a mile long hill, and I would run it every single morning. Get home, wash up, get ready to go to school. Um, and then when I get the football practice, I mean, it was like a switch. Boom. It was like a switch. And that, and that came from just, you know, having that kind of mindset. Like, I want to be great. I'm no longer going to be afraid of myself. And I'm, uh, yeah. This is what I want to know. First of all, that's bananas. Um, talking about getting up at 4 a.m. What grade were you? Uh, when I made that decision, I was like in sophomore, my sophomore year. Listen, this is so crazy because I also got up at 4 a.m. when I was a sophomore, but it's because I had a baby, right? So I had a baby in high school. I don't know if you know that I had a baby in 10th grade. I was pregnant. Then in my ninth grade year, I had this baby in 10th grade and um, I still went to a traditional school and I also had to make the decision and that decision required me to get up at 4 a.m. I did not have the luxury of like, Oh, I'm just going to get up, whatever. I'm just going to go to whatever school. I made a decision like, okay, they had this baby, but I'm about to show y'all something. It's so crazy. There's something, listen, and I say that because there's something magical about that hour, about that 4 a.m. thing. And no matter what your age is, because we're talking about our high school selves, no matter right. what their age is, the minute that you truly make a decision to uh, for your greatness, about your greatness, about your calling, about your purpose, it translated to you doing something different. Um, right. I want to ask you this though. Yeah. What was the turning point? So you're a kid, you're, you're middle school, your parents divorced when they're young. And I know you said that football was the thing with you and your dad. That was how y'all stayed connected. And he had this great thing for you. And there was this pressure for you to be great, but still there was some fear. What turned the switch for you to say, you know what? I'm going to, I've just, I've decided that I'm going to give it all that I have. I'm going to be the greatest that I can be. What was the thing that flipped the switch for you? Yeah. So, um, I would definitely say my, my mindset that, you know, having that mindset, but how I got to that point, the actual thing that took me from point A to point B, um, I started watching a guy named Ray Lewis. Um, and he was a, he's a, he's a football player, he's a hall of fame football player, played for the Baltimore Ravens. And um, uh, he played linebacker. And so I knew that I wanted to be – then I always told myself, I'm going to go to the league, man. I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. But I didn't know necessarily what that looked like. You know, my dad had an opportunity to play in the NFL, um, uh, tried out with the Atlanta Falcons. And, um, you know, like I said, like you said, that was that was his kind of his dream. You know what I'm saying? But I loved the game, so it became mine too. You know, so I wanted to figure out what it was I needed to do to get to that point. And I'm going to watch who's one of the greatest people doing it. And so I started watching him every single day, watching how he moves, watch how he works out, watch how he trains, watch the things that he was doing. Um, uh, And also, you know, it's crazy because 
you know, in his life, he even came, you know, went through some personal obstacles that almost kicked him out of the league, you know, um, uh, and his story, I mean, that story in itself and, you know, murder and all, it was crazy, you know, um, wow. uh, but you look at him being able to overcome that. Well, I was like, shoot, man, mine ain't that big, but it's big to me. So I'm gonna overcome it myself and I'm gonna do the same thing. And so by me watching him and it's crazy, I'm you know talking about a story or this time and don't quote me on this exactly how it was done it, but there was a study um, that was that had taken place with um, track, uh, track runners, right? Olympic track runners. And they were put in this room and they had like these little pads on their legs, like a, the, the neurotransmitter, the pads on their uh, legs. And so on the video that they were showing them, it was a video of Olympic runners winning the race. And so what happened was while they're watching the Olympic runners win the race, their legs, the neurons in their legs are firing as if they're running. Right. So that's pretty much saying like, like the while I'm sitting here watching this, I can put myself in the place of what I see. Yeah. I could put myself in that place of what I see. So that for me, you know, watching him constantly, constantly like running full speed to the ball. I mean, flying around, being a leader. Man, you can ask any person that I play football with. One thing they're going to say is Todd is a leader. Like, it's just like that's the captain of our team. I mean, one day I came to practice and, you know, everybody was sitting there like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what y'all, what y'all yelling about, man? <laughs> like, what y'all got going on? So you ain't hear the news? I was like, nah, man, because I mean, I, I stayed to myself in school, you know, yeah. and I'm, uh, they were like, yeah, man. He's like, man, what's up, Cap? And I was like, what you talking about, man? Y'all talking about man, everybody keep calling me cap, man. What y'all talking about, man? Um, and it ain't the cap like everybody say now, like no cap, like <laughs> but uh, you know, it's captain, man. And then my teammates had named me the captain of the team, you know, and that and that was just something that you know was like, okay, it's time for me to go get it. Tosh, you said so much. Let's just back up for a second. First of all, I, I just I want to make sure that people are hearing what you're saying, that you had a dream of something, you had a vision of something with no roadmap. Regardless of how you got there, right? Watching your dad, the love for the game, you wanted to play for the league. I had a dream, but I didn't have a roadmap. There wasn't anybody in your life personally that was close to you that had walked in those footsteps before you that could guide you and show you how to do it. So that's the first, right? You got. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be the first to do something. There are so many listeners right now that are thinking, oh, I want to be the first in my family. Or if I do this, I'm going to be the first person that I know personally to do this thing. And they are also feeling away because they don't have a roadmap. But what I love about what you're saying is, even though you didn't know Ray Lewis, right? You didn't know him personally. Is that right. Okay, I just want because I don't I don't know who you knew. That could have been your uncle. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you didn't know Ray Lewis um, personally, but there was so much content and so much information out there about his life, his routines. It was something that you could model your training and your own mindset after. He was a mentor for you without necessarily being, without you having access. And I want everybody to hear that because it doesn't matter where you are. You can, I'm from a small town. I'm a from baby small. Okay. We only been on, a, we wasn't on the map when I was coming up. We on the map now, but our name wasn't on the map when I was coming up. So small town and you can feel like you're 
out in this space by yourself. And so I don't have access to coaching. I don't have access to training. I don't have access to exposure and these opportunities. But now more than ever, especially in light of everything that technology has done for us, you can be mentored on a regular basis by those who are doing it the best in the industry that you're interested in. I absolutely love I absolutely love that. And then the thing with the study you mentioned, I want y'all to follow me. Like, first of all, let's just talk about this study. Um, it's so it is so revealing that you could put these things on the muscles and be watching somebody else win. You're not running, you're not on a treadmill, you're not, it's not a simulation where you're pretending it's you, and so you get this excitement. It is just simply you being exposed and seeing this and your body responds in a real physical way. And as you were saying that, it made me think about how often our imagination is robbed from us, how that is stolen from us. And I feel like now hearing you say this, it really is a device of the enemy to keep us from being able to imagine winning, to imagine getting out. We want to downplay it. We have this thing like, oh, I don't want to get my hopes up. No, get your hopes way up and allow your imagination to run wild because there is a real physical, mental shift that happens, physical and mental shift that happens in your body when you allow yourself to imagine and see yourself winning in a way. I Listen. We can stop recording, like we could be done if the people don't get anything other than mentoring mindset and imagination. You gave them that that to me is so crazy. And then seeing how that how that played out in your actual life. I've been watching these videos, watching how this dude has overcome and how he's a leader. And because I've started to implement some of those things. Your people around you in your real life. It wasn't just something that you had in your mind, like this fantasy. It played out in such a way that the people around you could see the values. The people around you could see the change and the transformation. That right there is insane to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, you know, another, you know, another thing, you know, at that point in time in my life, not only did I have to go through, you know, the divorce and everything and try to figure out a lot of stuff um yeah my, my mom and my dad were there and but they were indifferent it wasn't the same you know yeah. it yeah. wasn't the same at all um it was a lot more yelling a lot more screaming dun, 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 dun. you like oh my gosh i can't take yeah. it you know um uh, yeah. you know you just certain things you just you just feel like you feel that weight um and plus that you know i got diagnosed with adhd um uh as a kid and so you know at that point in time man and i never forget <laughs> mom was like well what they say is you know you, you can't comprehend you know what you're reading you can read i can read on a, a 12th grade level in fifth grade but you ain't comprehending nothing that you're reading <laughs> I said, wait a minute what you mean i'm not comprehending i'm telling you that this joe went that way and this joe went that way and they jumped and they fell down i can tell you what's going on you know you know but you know in my mind i said no you ain't gonna tell me what i'm not gonna be able to do you're not gonna tell me what i'm not gonna be able to do so i took that energy also man at that point in time it was just just i had a constant constant drive and drive to be positive in my life no regardless of whatever it may be 
And where did that come from? Because you're talking about like some adversity that you experienced at a young age, the pressure of being the oldest. I feel like the youngest might have the freedom to be like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to stay positive because they, the youngest, they lottie bang da. Okay. <laughs> y'all, y'all babies, y'all lottie da. Parents are more lax at that point. They figured out some things. Um, the older kids have broken the parents in. So now they've grown some. They're not as young as they used to be. And so I feel like the youngest, they a little bit team more la di da. And I feel like it's probably easier for them to be positive. But as the oldest, being the one to have seen the most, to be exposed to the most, to be experiencing the most difficult seasons in your parents' life because it happened at an early age. How did you have this like... Where did that positivity come from? Is it just intrinsic in you? Like, were you always that way? Like, where where does that come from? Being able to keep that positive attitude? Yeah, I, you know, I want to say that I was always positive. You know what I'm saying? I really do. But, um, and that's probably because I've always been, I grew up in the church. You know, I grew up in the church. So no matter what was going on in life, my faith stayed here no matter what. You know, maybe I was here at sometimes. I was a little low. But my faith never dropped below this threshold. Um, uh, and you just having that, like you said, the faith of the mustard seed, like, you know, only need is this much to be able to go to where you need to go. Um, but my faith always has been high, man. I'm a very, very high prayer. Um, I pray a lot. Um, uh, and my, and my prayer, my prayer, like I'm a prayer warrior, you know, you know even when, yeah. When, when things go good, man, I'm, I'm praying in tears when things go bad, I'm praying in tears. I mean, it don't matter wherever situation I'm in, I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to get that connection that I need with God at that point in time and say, look, man, I'm doing really well right now. What is coming at me? Like, like, let me know like right now what's coming because whatever it is, I need to be ready. You know, I'm doing not, I'm not doing too well right now. What is coming at me? Because I know you got something great for me. You know what I'm saying? You know, so no matter how it is, I'm always going to put myself in a position to be prepared. No matter when I was younger, no matter if I'm older, no matter when I'm 60, 70, 80, or whenever I leave this earth, I guarantee you I'm going to be on my deathbed praying. Like, it's just, that's just what it is. Did you always have this, like, I know we're talking about, like, prayer and your prayer life, and you've kind of been this way, but did your life always look like that, right? So, like, I will say I grew up, I grew up going to church. Okay. Yeah. I grew up going. So when I was a kid, I went. And I was raised in a household with Christian values. Right. What is right and what is wrong. Um, I was also still getting suspended and fighting and having a baby in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, so while those things are true, my lifestyle and my choices did not always reflect that. So were you a kid who you grew up going to church and so you were kind of on the straight and narrow, even though you had other experiences that were kind of um, not necessarily of your own doing things that were going on in your family or whatever, but were you just like straight and narrow, dude? That was you? No, no, it was not not straight and narrow. Um, uh, You know, like I said, faith always been high. And so when I say faith has always been high, it did not matter where I was, what I was doing, it didn't matter. Some at some point in time, guys gonna say, "What are you doing?" Like, come here. Like, what are you doing? I'm gonna sit you down. And I mean, oh, he sat me down and like, like he's he sat me down tremendously. I remember one time, and you know, at a point in time in my life, I was in college. Uh, you know, girls, money. I just became an account manager, so I mean, I was making good money. 
It was just me by myself. I'm in and out of clubs, strip clubs. I'm just having a blast. I never forget. I was standing on. I see kids don't stand on the chairs. Mama tell you that early, but I was standing on the couch um, um, at a strip club, and uh, I had like you know quite a bit of money in my hand. And God was like, boom. I'm just like I'm talking about like hit me like to the point that I'm almost in tears. Like, boom. What you doing? What you doing? I'm talking about this loud and clear, like loud and clear. Like, what are you doing? Like, where, wh- who are you? And it's funny that you asked, you asked that question early on. He's like, who are you? Yeah. Because this, this, I knew you would be in this place. You know, I knew you would be in this moment, but who are you? You know, and I, I've, I've molded you in a certain kind of way to be able to do the things you need to do. Who are you? You know, and that's a hard question that a lot of us have a hard time to be able to answer. Who are who you going to be when you're in a situation like when you really, really down and about or you think you on top of the world and can't nobody touch you? Who are you? You know, and, and that's the question I had to ask myself at that point in time. You know, so I, I, I ended up leaving the club Ended up leaving the club. And you know, I felt bad. man. I'm like, man, dang, man, I know I shouldn't be up in here. Everybody's shaking this, everybody doing all this. Everything. I'm supposed to be somewhere else. You know, but I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. So when I say God will always find me, my faith always stayed high, no matter what, no matter what. Even at a point in time, there was a point in time where I was homeless. Um, uh, you know, I had that account manager job, and I never forget. Um, I was going to, <laughs> before I got the job. I, I they asked me, said, "Are you gonna keep playing football or not? Like once you once you sign here, you're done." playing football and i'm like yo man you mean to tell me like i gotta leave all this behind man i'm i can still play i'm still young and i'm right now and i told him i said you know to be honest with you you know i have an opportunity with the carolina panthers coming up so i don't know what that looks like i said but football is you know nfl that we say not for long you know so that's no telling on how that may look for me i still need a job you know and i was pretty good at what i did um and what i do um uh, so they took a chance on me and I never forget I had a workout um, with a team. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please, 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 please. Something inside of me is telling me I need to go to this workout. You know, and something on the other side is like, your job told you don't go to that workout. You know, we don't want no more football. So I was like, all right, I'm going to the workout, man. I'm, you only give, you only live once, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go to the workout, right? Well, I go to the workout. I don't know if everybody can see them. We're trying to get it right. But there's a little split right here my lip where i had went to go hit somebody and i get up and my whole entire lip oh. open like this oh. now mind you i'm an account manager meaning that i meet with ceos cfos other account managers senior account executives so face to face zoom calls like we're we're getting it in and so uh <laughs> I never forget a call, you know, my manager, I'm like, hey, man, you know, had a little accident, blah, blah, blah. And right there, he said, you were playing football, weren't you? And I was like, ah, I don't lie. I don't lie. <laughs> he was like, okay, you know. Um, uh, so it went from there. Um, that moment right there, I thought that was it. I did. I really did. But they still gave me opportunity. I became a delivery manager, which is a technical recruiter. Um, uh, and so I started, you know, I was shoot, I can't see people face to face. Well, I'm gonna do what I do. So I'm calling people up, getting people jobs, interviewing. Let's roll it, let's run it. Hey, sourcing them, bringing them in. Like I'm I'm moving. And um uh, you know, one day there was a um uh car accident. 
um, that was on my way to work. And I'm literally sitting at the exit. And I remember, you know, sending a video to my manager and it was like, hey, you know, just want to let you know, like, I'm sitting right here at the building and I cannot get in. Like, I can't move anything like there's cars everywhere around because there's a big accident right here. And I never forget the words he said. He said, don't worry about it. Just go on home for the day and I'm, uh, talk to you later on. And I was like, hmm. Like what you mean? Going home? Like you mean like I'm I'm good for the day? You know I'm good. You know, and he was like, "We'll talk later on." You know, and so um, I went back up there a little bit later on that evening when he called me back, and you know, and there he had my termination letter, and he was like, "Hey man, you know uh, we're gonna have to part ways, you know, because you were late and you had the lip incident." And I was like, "You don't have to say it like that, but okay, you know." But uh, that right there was a big sit down for me. Um, because I lost everything at that point in time. You know, they were taking covering, covering my house, covering my car, and I was young. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't thinking like, oh, save this up, invest this, hold on to this credit score, like none of that. I wasn't thinking about none of that at all. I was thinking about like, I got the money, let's go. You know, and <laughs> just having a blast. You know, um, uh, but like I said, sometimes God is gonna literally change and make a shift in your life. That you never see coming and sometimes we want to point the finger oh i can't believe you did this and i can't believe you did that where were you when i needed you all all of this stuff you know we we want to you know point the finger but like i said the entire time i had everything i needed to be successful at that point in time he gave me the money he gave me the job he gave me the car he gave me the apartment he gave me the tools he gave me the knowledge he gave me everything i needed and i made the decisions that i did at that point in time at that point in time in my life he said okay Boom. I'll sit you down again. So much to unpack with that, especially I want people to hear. The reason I asked you, like, did you grow up on the straight now is because I feel like sometimes people can look at you, especially now you are married. You have, um, you know, you have a family, you got these kids and you got this this business and all these things that you've been able to do. And then to hear you say, like, oh, I pray and I've always had this faith. It's like, man. He don't know what it's like to make mistakes. He don't know what it's like. Okay, he's been on the straight and narrow. And so two part. One, I want people to hear that you can have faith and not be walking in your deliverance, right? I want for the person who is struggling with something, the person who hasn't come to a place where they are fully surrendering all their things, including their entertainment um, to the Lord, right? Not just their Sunday morning, but their entertainment to the Lord. That's one. Two, also for the people who are on the outside, um, parents, family members, friends, and foes who are looking at an individual who, I got my air quotes, right, who claims to have so much faith, but they're wilding out and thinking like, oh, that person is a lost cause, or they're always going to do this, or they're never going to do whatever, that everybody has an individual journey. And so you had to take yours, and you had to make your um decisions and take your licks from the Lord and right, right. in the part where you like, I could hear God speaking to me even in a place I wasn't supposed to be in. Right. Now, God is not only speaking to us when we're in church, when we're in a prayer closet, he's speaking to you when you're on your way to do something, you ain't got no business. When you're doing something, you ain't got no business. When you're in the room, you know, you shouldn't be like, he right. can hello. The Lord is speaking in all those places. He's not like, Ooh, he didn't went to a strip club. I'm gonna have to wait to hear, for him to come out because I can't talk to him while he in there. Like that, the right. Lord is not that way. If we have an ear to hear, 
he's speaking and he will speak to you right in the middle of your mess. And so I love that. I mean, I appreciate you sharing those moments because we come out and they're going to look you up. They're going to be looking at all your accolades. And it's like, oh, of course, he's got all this great advice. He never experienced these things. Of course, he can say that. And so I really value, you know, transparency because it gives people an opportunity to see the good, the bad and the ugly, right, of a life that's still been transformed. So can you tell me like maybe like two or three things, maybe like steps, right? When you think about when you think about all the experiences that you've had, the ones that you've shared and who you are right now, once you had that switch in your head that I am going to overcome this fear of being great, what are some of the specific practices, routines, or principles that you had to adopt in order to like walk it out to become who you are? So you made the switch, but what are some of the steps or things that you did to get to the transformation? Yeah, well, I'll say the first thing, um, uh, <clears throat> I would say the first thing is the value yesterday. You know, value yesterday so your present can pipeline your future. And, and what I mean by that is like, you know, everybody wants to run so fast away from what they've been through. You know, and that's understandable. You know, sometimes that may be painful. Sometimes that may not feel too good to just be in it or just you want to get away from it. But those things that you've been through, those things that you've learned, those things that you had to endure, like those are the things that are, are building you to be this great person that you want to be or be this great person that you've seen before or even be this great person even when you was a little kid say i want to be like this one day like you know sometimes you got to go back and pull that childhood dream out and all that or that ambition and say you know what i can be a doctor i can go and just you know make a lot of money i can go be a singer i can go be a speaker i can go be a pastor i can go be like you whatever whatever it is that was laid on your heart you know from the jump that's something that you can go back to and it may not be that same exact thing right but it may be just to have that ambition or just have that drive or just have that just freedom to say you know what i can do it you know um uh, i think sometimes we we forget about yesterday because we don't want to remember it we don't want to face it you know um so that would be the first step definitely valuing yesterday um uh, two i would say have faith like just like truly truly have faith and um uh like that's not that's not like 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 we talked about earlier that's not just saying have faith in the good times that's not saying have faith <laughs> in the bad times like have faith wholeheartedly like yeah no what's going on in your life truly truly trust that god is going to move you in the direction you need to and please understand this it's not always going to look like the way you want it to Say that again for the people in the bed. Yeah. Not always, rarely. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and upgrade yeah. that to rarely. Is it going to look like how you thought it was going to look? So I love that. Um, yeah, it's rarely gonna look like how you want it to be. And then the third thing, third thing is I, I always talk about this: love the ones who love you. Mm. Love the ones who love you. Um, you know, my mom and my dad, they may have had their differences and they may have been through their separate things or whatever it may be. Right? And I could not quite understand what was going on in their lives. And, you know, 
and that that played a part that you know that, that put a put a strain on me you know what i'm saying and not only did it put a strain on me it put a strain on all my siblings i've had a conversation with all my siblings you know um uh you know about how they feel and um how those things really played a part in their personal lives you know and they went different ways and done different things and um and you may you sit back you're like man dang you know why you do that you know but i had to take a moment look back at myself like dang why'd you do that you know what i'm saying so uh you know so so always love upon those people love upon them you know everybody can't control their situation you know everybody can't control where they are you know it may feel like they can you know good and well you can get off them drugs and do this you know you can't stop drinking you know sometimes it's just not that easy sometimes it's just not that easy to get off or whatever you're going through or get out of it you, you know i mean people say oh i want to go pay these bills the way i want to they just ain't got the money to yeah. i mean it just it just doesn't work that way you know and so so just love upon the people that love you and then take some time to love the people that you may not even know or don't love you you know that's the that's the tough part that's the challenging part can you love somebody that you don't know or can you love somebody who's not taking showing you the love that you that you feel like you deserve right and that's that's just called genuine love you know so uh those are those are my three things so value yesterday have faith and always be loving as it as you know always be loving those are so good those are listen that value yesterday that right there, that's a mic drop. You said value your yesterday so it can be your pipeline for your to your tomorrow. People think, like you said, getting rid of that back end stuff. Like I don't want to think about where I've come from. I don't want to. I don't want nobody bringing that up. All of these things, but those things made you who you are. Whether they helped you to be resilient, whatever lessons you learn. I absolutely love that you're not on this. You know. <laughs> It's like we want to have a clean slate. And I believe I don't want a clean slate. Let me just tell you this. OK, I don't want a clean slate because a clean slate means I have nothing to grow from. Right. I'm, I'm not starting fresh. I'm not starting back from scratch. I'm starting from now. I'm starting afresh, but I'm not starting from scratch because right. who I am today when I go out into this venture is smarter, has experienced something, has had some pain, has had some something that I didn't have the first time. And so now I'm going to bring that with me. I'm not going to wipe away all my knowledge. So I love that the faith piece in the good times and in the bad times, it isn't faith. Just so y'all know, like it is not true faith. If it's only anybody, the enemy, devils, demons, anybody can be cool when everything is cool. I mean, right. we can all be up when we up, but it's like, can I still believe when it doesn't look like things are going to go my way? Or when it looks like things are going in a complete opposite way. But I think my favorite one, if I'm honest, is the loving. And, my, and it's because I'm not a person like natural. My natural bend is not towards grace, actually. Um, I don't show my, I'm, I'm a straight shooter. I don't I ain't got no grace for you because I saw what you did. But at the same time, I don't have I don't have a lot of grace for myself. I've come to learn and to show myself grace and to have more grace for myself that is something i had to be intentional about but i love that because once i learned to be graceful and to show myself grace it was easier to show other people grace i can forgive them and understand that you know meeting a person where they are maybe they don't have the capability people are not out here choosing death and destruction 
if it was easy to choose life, right, people would not be out here choosing death and destruction. People wouldn't be choosing things that are tearing up their family, tearing up their body, tearing up their teeth, tearing up their finances. Like, yeah, I wanted to look like this. Yeah, I wanted to have all of these medical, like, (laughs) nobody's doing that. If, If I'm in the right space, if I'm in a healthy mind, physically, mentally, and spiritually, now I'm in a position, but then do I even have the opportunity and the know-how and the tools? So showing people grace, I think, is a huge thing because when you say yes to the call in your life, you're going to be out of your element, and that's just how the Lord calls you. It's going to be more than you're equipped for, and it's going to require that you show yourself plenty of grace. You're going to need for people to show you grace because it's the first time that you led. It's the first time that you started a business. It's the first time that you, you know, mentored. And so dropping the ball is a part of that thing. But if I can come from a place of grace, then I can expect grace for myself and from, you know, from other people. So I absolutely love that. Um, I, I, I mean, I just absolutely love that. Now, listen. Um, people are going to want to get in touch with you. They're going to want to know where you are. They're going to want to know more about your story and how to get connected with you. Where can they find you? And um, I'm going to put it all in the show notes, but can you tell us where can they find you? Where do you play out here in these streets? Yeah, so um, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and it's all up under the name The Coach Warden. Okay. Uh, the Coach Wharton at the Coach Wharton, whatever me, the Coach Wharton. You can find me there. My website is www.thecoachwharton.com. Um, and I, I mean, man, I, you know, my, my biggest my biggest thing is you know, going around speaking to schools, speaking to universities, speaking to organizations, school, um, football teams, basketball teams, sports teams, uh, encouraging them to hey, just keep going. Just keep going. It ain't gonna be easy. Like it ain't gonna be. If everybody can win, guess what? Yeah. It wouldn't be worth anything. Yeah. Every single time somebody plays a game, there's a winner and there's a loser. That's the same way life goes. But that does not mean that the losing team can't win a championship. I, you know, and so don't don't just because things are not going the way that you want them to. You may have took a L, but that doesn't mean you can't win overall. I love that. Listen, I didn't say this at the beginning, but I'm going to say it now. Um, so in in addition to all the things that I do, I am the director of volunteers uh, and community partnerships for a local organization. It's a school, which I absolutely love doing I'm there a couple days a week. And that is how I met Tajir because he's coming there. He's serving a couple times a week also. But here's the thing. And I want y'all to really pick up what I'm putting down. There was honestly, I don't know if I said this to you, but there was just something about you. I'm not really sure. We didn't have a lot of interaction. It was just like, hey, how y'all doing? Can you sign this? Hey, and then you did your thing. You would come in, you would do your thing, and then you would be gone. And that was pretty much it. But there was something about how you carried yourself, um, the interaction, the exchange that we had. There was just something about that. And it was so minimum, y'all. Like it was, hey, sign. Have, hope you have a great day. It was literally that. But it was something about you that made me say like, okay, the way you show up in this, the way you're serving in this space, I know that there is more than me. See, I like, I know that you are this, doing something else too, ain't you? What is that? And I think that we don't always show up 
uh, especially if it's not the thing we want to be known for, even if it's great work. I love the work that I do as a director of volunteer. That is not what I want to be known for. I mean, I love it and I value the work that I do. That's that's not what I want to be known for. Sometimes when we show up in those spaces, we don't show up at our highest level because it's like, oh, well, this is just this or this is just a season or this is not really my main thing. My main thing is whatever. But it's so important for us to show up with this standard and this attitude of excellence, even in the, hey, can you sign this? Okay, I took care of what I needed to take care of. Y'all have a great day, even in that. Because if you had come in like, man, this just one little thing I do. This ain't really that big a deal. Like, this ain't really nothing. I'm just coming in here real quick. Like, I never would have thought to ask you because we interact with people all the time. Right. Um, so I absolutely love that even in the, the common, regular, ordinary task, when we show up with an attitude of excellence, we are still showing up in a way where somebody can be like, hey, I'm looking at this. And because of that, I asked um, Tajir to come and speak at the school and he did. And that was absolutely amazing. The kids loved it. Like, child, they think I'm not saying you're not a celebrity. That's not what I mean to say. But they think it's the celebrity right now. OK, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're not a big deal. I'm just saying. <laughs> He came out to that school with these kids, baby, at like this dude hung the moon in the sky. And I love it, you know, because they see you and they get to see you and see how you show up. Um, and I think that's really what makes us how we show up in the ordinary. It's easy for us to shine when we know it's our time to shine. But when you are in the background, when you are playing support in somebody else's dream, when you are playing assistant, okay, I'm just helping somebody else do their thing. I'm not the main show. How you show up there really is, in my opinion, what reveals your true character. Because when the camera's on and when you take to the stage, everybody's giving it all they have. But when it's time for you to roll up your sleeves and say, okay, now they want me to do what? They want me to do this pipe and drape. They want me to check people in. I'm not the speaker, but they want me checking people in. You know, I'm not the motivational speaker, but they want me setting up chairs. Like, what mm -hmm. is your attitude like when you're showing up in that space? Because there's always somebody watching you right. and you don't know who God wants to connect you to. So we totally would have missed this. My people would have missed it, right? Not just that this is an opportunity for you, but for my for the audience, for people who are listening, they would have missed all of these gems, right? There wouldn't be this wouldn't have been here. And I don't think that God is done, um, honestly, right? There are probably other projects and other things in the future where our paths will cross, but it all started with just you showing up at the highest possible level in the most ordinary task. Right. The most ordinary task. <laughs> I, like this dude is high level ordinary. Okay. You know, like, but how come what you do that this is, you know, a habit that you built for yourself. And so I, I love that. And um, it's really been a blessing because I've been able to have you on the podcast now. Tajir, I have one last question yeah, yeah. before we get out of here um, that I want to leave our audience with. What, in your experience, is the key for courageously overcoming? Um, you know, I'm the coach Wharton, and I believe that the key to courageously overcoming fear, right? is by trusting in what's destined for you. 
trusting in your path, trusting in your journey, trusting in whatever that path may be, whatever God has for you, truly, truly trust in it. Because, you know, it like I said, it ain't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be that white picket fence. It's not going to be all sunny days. It's not going to be the grass is green on the other side. No, the grass is still brown over there, too, you know. But guess what? If you put a little seed and water on there, you, you know, uh, you know, fertilize it, you know, and you aerate and you do everything you're supposed to. Guess what? You're going to have beautiful grass later on. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, really, 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 really trust in that process. Trust in, trust in what's for you. And you'll be I love that. I love because you have to truly believe in the thing that you can't see to continue to show up when your grass is brown, for you to continue to plant seeds and to water it in and out of season, for you to see there's no grass growing outside, the neighbor's grass is growing, that person's grass is growing, whatever <laughs> grass is brown too. Like, But in order for you to continue to show up and overcome this thing, you have to truly believe in what is what God has destined for you. I absolutely I absolutely love that and I live by that. It is, and I know y'all gonna get tired of hearing me say it. Get tired. Prepare to be sick of me. This is why right here, I'm gonna go ahead and tell y'all. This is why right here I really value and I push y'all being in the word of God because when you are spending time in God's word, you can hear from him and he can continue to confirm that thing that he has set down in your heart. So I had a rough day, but I I have the habit of getting into the word. He's going to give me a reminder of what he's destined me for. He's going to give me a reminder that it's not always going to be like this. But I can't, you can't hear from God if you're not spending time with him. And you cannot discern the voice of God if you don't know the word of God. Like, friends, I'm trying to, y'all heard this man too, y'all. Okay? It's really trusting God in the process and that he's got this thing for you and it's not going to change because you've taken the long route or the scenic route. It's still as close for your life. So I love that. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. Now, um, y'all be sure to check him out. Y'all go find him on all the things. Screenshot. Let us know that you love this episode. Tag us. Share it with a friend. Share it with people you don't like that much because they have <laughs> like you know you ain't gotta only share with your friends you can share it with some you know people you ain't really feeling them that much they hear something and you know they might have a transformation so uh, we appreciate y'all for listening to um Tachir. thank you again for being here yeah, no problem. No problem. I really appreciate being here. You know, shout out, shout out to Mrs. Coach Wharton too. You know, she don't know she a coach yet, but she gonna Okay. Go ahead and speak prophetically that thing that to your good thing, your wife. Hallelujah, somebody. Got a little churchy for a second. Um, I love that. Shout out to to the wife and to the kids. Shout out. Um, we had the opportunity to meet um part part of your family because your son was in school, but we had an opportunity to meet. And so um, definitely a beautiful family. God is truly um, blessed you. So thank you for blessing the people. All right, y'all. All right.